Hey everyone, and welcome to the Close More Sales Podcast. Our purpose is to empower sales professionals and entrepreneurs to push themselves to grow, achieve unimaginable success without burning out, and ultimately transform their lives. I'm Ian Ross, and I'm obsessed with all things sales, and I work with teams across the country to make more money by asking better questions. The most proven path to achieving financial freedom is maximizing your earning potential, and a sales role is the lowest barrier with the highest possible ceiling for entry onto that path. Anyone can become a killer salesperson with the right techniques, mindset, and consistency. Everything we cover on this podcast is geared toward one thing, helping you close more sales so you can live the life you want. Now, this is a newer podcast, so we are in the growth stage. If you get any value from this episode today, any at all, follow, subscribe, and let us know either in the comments on YouTube or in a review wherever you listen to podcasts and tell us what it is you got out of the show. If you have conversations where how well you speak determines how much money you can make, you are essentially in a sales role. If you would like to get better at what you do, text CLOSE, C-L-O-S-E, to 33777, and we'll see if we can help you out along the process. So today's topic is on setting expectations in sales and how it applies to two fundamental but different parts of any sales role. The first part is the conversations that you have with your prospects. So whether that's the first outbound call or you're having a a one-on-one consultation in the home or it's the 15th time you've presented in front of the board of a company, they have an expectation on how the process should run and how their expectation is met, what they're they're expecting, how how they think that process will go, there can be a difference in what they expect and how your process actually works. And we're gonna talk about that here. The second one is your internal expectations on your sales role. They're the expectations you have for how well you should be doing at your job, what you expect of yourself at the company, how you think your job should be going, how you think the market should be treating you, what you think your prospects should be buying. How should the leads be coming in? You have all these different expectations that you have internally, not just the conversations you're having with people, but that you put on yourself and you put on your own process. And I want to dive a little bit deeper than most other videos or or audio you might see or hear about that topic. So a question I want to ask the audience now to sort of stoke your interest in your mind before I go a little bit deeper is thinking if you have ever experienced a sale that didn't close due to misaligned expectations. And I want you to reflect on those expectations, uh, think about what they were and how they differed from reality. So think about that, take a moment, think about there was any ever a time you were pitching your product, talking to someone, and the person you were talking to, whether it's expectations around price or something else, did not align with your prospects, and therefore you lost the sale. Think about that and keep that in your mind as we go through this conversation. First things first, why about 
expectations. Why did I pick this as a topic? I think principally, and I'll talk about this in a broader sense and then we'll get more specific, unmet expectations are the root of basically all unhappiness. And I'm going to break that down. In your personal life, I can give you a bunch of examples to think of where you had something you expected to happen. Let's say, and this happened to me actually literally last night. I got, I was ordering pizza to be, I was going to go pick it up on Uber Eats. I was told on the app the pizza was ready. I was like, great. It only took 15 minutes. The thing said it would take 15 to 20. It was right on time. Let's go. I drove to the store. It took me about five minutes to drive to the store. So now it's been 20 minutes. I get there. My pizza's not actually ready. I had to wait another sort of 10 minutes. Now, if I had been told that the pizza would take 30 minutes, I would have been, would have been right on time and I wouldn't have been frustrated because I had the expectation that the food is ready right now. Oh my gosh, I'm five minutes late picking it up. I still got to drive there. I'm not waiting in the parking lot and then it's going to be ready when I walk in. It might even be cold when I arrive. No, my expectations differed from reality. And I had a, a frustration because of the mismatch of my expectations there. Another thing you can think of, let's say I, I purchased guitars online, just browsing the internet, different websites. I saw a guitar that I want to play guitar. Not well, but I play guitar. There was a, a guitar. It had very good reviews, beautiful looking. I listened to the sound online, sounded amazing. It wasn't crazy expensive. There was a sale, probably Black Friday, if I know myself in guitar buying, and I bought it. For the price, the, car, the, the guitar that arrived would have been a great deal. But because I had all these expectations on these professionally made, professionally recorded videos, the guitar, for whatever reason, it didn't sound like I expected. It certainly didn't feel like what I expected. There was a, a tenseness in the neck. And I was remember thinking, I'm super frustrated with this guitar. It was on this massive sale that I bought, and it wasn't what I wanted. If I had just gone in there and told, was told exactly what it was for the price, and I bought it and it was arrived exactly as I ordered at that price and I had been set to expect it, I would have been happy with it. But my expectations were different from what I received. And I'm sure plenty of you have bought something online, whatever it is, you can imagine the frustration. Oh my gosh, I thought this would be bigger. I thought this would be smaller. I bought shoes that said they were, they fit small and it turned out they fit normal. And now because I bought too large a size, these shoes don't fit me. Whatever it is, the mismatch in expectations is what causes unhappiness. Think about, let's say, at, around being in a home, in a marriage, let's say. If a couple at home, they're living together, if the husband thinks, in this hypothetical scenario, because I work all day, I should only have to just take out the trash when I get home, and that's my only chore responsibility. And the wife's expectation is that that's not enough to do at home because she's, even though she's not making as much money, she's doing a lot around the house and she has a mismatch of the expectation. If they've come to an agreement ahead of time and the husband is working all day and still only does the trash, then great. Expectations are met. There's no unhappiness about that. And when it arises, they can, of course, talk about it if, if someone's frustrated and tired. But because, first off, most couples don't actually talk about their expectations and what they think are fair. The same way, most people actually don't, salespeople don't talk about that with their prospects. People don't really like to dive into expectations too much, even though that mismatch 
between what someone expects to be and what it really is is usually where the frustrations arise. And so that's an example in your in your personal life as well. If you were to think in the business sense, if you're working above and beyond at your salary job, you know, you're 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 getting paid a set amount, you're working so hard, and if you think someone told you, "Hey, your boss, he loves go-getters. He wants to see people arrive before him. He wants to see people leave after him. He wants people to over-deliver every single month." You do that and you don't get a promotion and you were told that this is what the boss needs to see to get a promotion, you will be miserable. You'll be furious. This, this was for nothing. This is wasted effort. How, how they're not, they don't respect me. Even if it might be company policy that you actually have to be at the company a certain amount of time before they do a pay raise. And you might not have known that. And if you had known that, maybe you wouldn't have worked quite as much. Maybe you still would have because you know I just going to require this amount of time for this long, and then I'll get that. But if I only did it for, let's say, four months, because that seems like long enough time before I would expect a raise, and they can't give you a raise for five months, that mismatch of that one-month expectation could be enough for you to quit or at least start looking and, and damage your relationship at work. Let's say if you're a salesperson and interest rates changing for the going up or going down changes whether your primary lead source stopped being able to afford your product. In that instance, interest rates are probably going up, not down. Let's just say well, your, your expectations in that role, the people you're talking to on a daily basis can now no longer afford to buy at default. That's going to be a real problem towards your projections for yourself, probably projections for the company, what you're expecting to make, telling your Telling your family what you're going to be able to afford for the holidays because you you know how many leads are coming in. You know how many people are going to buy based on that amount of leads and how much you'll get paid. And suddenly your own projections are off. You'll be super frustrated. But if you were told ahead of time, hey, interest rates changing means it's going to drop this exact percentage and you have that exact expectation and you adjust your expectations perfectly. Good news. You probably, I mean, you might still be frustrated, but it will not be to the same degree as that mismatch. Another common situation that will happen to, unfortunately, far too many decent salespeople. Let's say you start so selling so well, you're at a smaller company, that the company actually changes targets. This happened at a solar company I worked at. They set certain target expectations for a bonus, and then people rose to that challenge. They did it right before a month when a lot of people bought solar. It was right before, I think it was for the month of June. That was the thing we were prepared for. Going through that, that is your expectation, and you crush it that month. And you, you're like, oh, my gosh, amazing June. Next month, company changes the target. So, therefore, not everyone's going to be able to hit bonus. In fact, you're not going to be able to hit your bonus, even though you're selling more than you ever sold prior to the previous month. You're going to be furious. This is, the, this is what I'm talking about. It's, it's that, that gap between what we're expecting and what reality ends up happening. That is where unhappiness lies. My last point to sort of illustrate this in a larger context it is an example I've heard talked about on other podcasts in various forms and different ways. And there's a, a certain example of it that really struck me and has stuck with me. And I've used this example many times over. And I remind myself of this particular example multiple times throughout my life because it's very, very impactful. I 
like to work out. Um, I'm not jacked or ripped or anything, but I certainly like lifting weights and I like the feeling, particularly in a uh, push or pull day <laughs> around my chest and uh, my biceps of the next day after I work out. Now I'm sore, but I like that sensation, that tightness, that soreness. The reason I like it is because I associate it with getting stronger. I took care of myself. I'm, you know, it doesn't, it's uncomfortable, but that feeling of my bicep being tight is because my bicep is getting stronger. It's getting bigger. That's me working out. If that exact same objective sensation, that my, my muscle feeling that tight and sore, if that happened to me as a direct result of the you know cancer treatment I was taking, let's say I had leukemia, and then the drugs to combat my leukemia caused that muscle soreness, I would be in agony because the framing I put that sensation in would have me be furious. It would be a negative sensation. The power of the mind means when you are expecting certain things, it changes the value you put on what you're going through. So I wanted to give that example one last time to sort of talk about how powerful, it's not just a basic, oh, I thought I'd get paid more and then I got paid less. It, you, it can actually change the exact same sensation from something you enjoy to absolute agony. So if that mismatch in how your brain is gonna perceive how something should be can have that wide a variability, do we think there could be a chance that there's a mismatch in how a prospect is expecting a sales conversation, a process to go, the price of a product to how things actually are? And could that mismatch be hurting you as a salesperson if you are not prepared for it? I would argue it is. Not only are you potentially losing sales or principally creating objections that didn't need to be there, or at least not handling them ahead of time, letting them become objections when they didn't need to be, you are also probably doing the wrong type of self-talk, at least some of you are, at some time with different jobs at different positions. And I am guilty of this as well, and I have to catch myself to make sure my expectations of myself, of my role, myself at this company that I'm working at, as well as just my, what my expectations are for growth as a salesperson, as a sales leader, to make sure that they are aligned with reality. And the gap where the unhappiness lies is not extreme. That's something I really want to focus on today. And, and many of you will know this. If maybe you're relatively new to sales, maybe you're an entrepreneur with a sales team of 20 plus people, maybe you've been in the business 10, 15, 30 years, whatever it is, we all know the idea of that rookie salesperson, dewy-eyed, excited, maybe fresh out of college. Let's just paint that scenario for this particular example. And he is going to think that almost every lead he talks to is ready to buy. They're able to buy. He's there. He's super excited. Someone raised their hand. Hey, call me at this time. Perfect. This person definitely wants to buy my product. I can't wait to sell them. That mismatch in expectation between the rookie person and the reality of a sales role leads to frustration. It leads to, uh, you know, fundamentally a thing I talk about a lot, burnout. They don't understand how the stages of the sales process works. And that can be a huge hindrance to the longevity of sticking out of this role. So I've painted those pictures there. 
And now I want to talk about some common challenges in setting expectations, especially as they apply to having conversations with our prospects. So there's going to be some certain common hurdles in aligning the expectations between how our process works, how our product or service works, um, and how that prospect maybe thinks they should go. When I sold insurance, it was life insurance, the company I sold for, they weren't always completely transparent with why we were setting appointments to the prospects we were setting them with. That being said, it was, it was off. I mean, we were providing them other benefits, but I will say that company ran a process that it's hard to argue against it being a version of your, they were expecting to be getting this sort of free benefit, which they certainly got. And then the questions we asked to provide that free benefit sort of switched and adjusted to us starting to pitch life insurance, to asking them the questions that, oh, shoot, you're not covered enough or you're not covered in this way. And what if this happens to your family here? That was kind of how that was set up. There's a big problem with that because in insurance, everyone knows this too. If you can breathe onto a mirror and it fogs up, they can hire you to sell insurance. If you're a human body who can speak, they'll hire you to sell insurance. So as long as you can pass the test and, and to get, get your license, which for not everyone is a super easy feat, depends what state you're in, you can get hired for a commission-only role there. So that's a beginner sales role in almost every circumstance, certainly for this company with how they were set up. And the very nature of their process involved this massive gap of an expectation between what the prospect was expecting and how the salesperson was expected to fulfill that process. That's, that's a dangerous combination and led to a tremendous amount of burnout. And anyone who's ever worked in the insurance space knows you got plenty of burnout without already shooting yourself in the foot with a bad system anyway. That said, I want to talk a little bit about, about some, some other examples here. So if a prospect has a certain misapprehension regarding the price of the service you're offering, the service you're selling, and you talk to them about the price of that, they can have that huge, like, oh my gosh, people call it sticker shock. But that mismatch, how great that gap is, is a real concern. And it's a lot of things that people aren't prepared for. So there's certain ways we can deal with that. I can talk about different, different uh, examples, different certain scenarios where we want to sort of align the expectations of setting it for how the prospects thinks it should go how, and how we run our process or how our product or service actually works. And we set that up ahead of time instead of the most emotionally charged point of any sales conversation, which is essentially asking for the sale. If you wait until that tense moment to actually ask for the business, hey, should we do this? You want to do this? Let's do this. Are you ready to get started? However you close, whether it's assumptive, whatever it is, if you wait until that moment, you, you run a lot of risk. So let's talk about a few of them. A big thing that we train on every single day is making sure we set up expectations around now that we are having this sales appointment, we're having this consultation now. At the end of this, it's either going to be a yes or it's going to be a no. And either way is totally fine. Either one is totally works. 
But the only thing that would, won't work for me because of how our process works is I just need to think about it. So we set that up ahead of time to make sure the prospect is prepared for that alignment because almost every prospect when they're starting some type of consultation is certainly under the expectation and they're under they might be under different expectations but they're all probably under the expectation that i need to think about this is an option so right away before we even get further along we try and eliminate that we don't want to spend too much time uh you know going to the nitty-gritty of our product or service and you know, dealing with all these other objections, talking about decision makers, talking about timeline, talking about the pain that person's going through and how this product is going to completely alleviate their pain. And they just need to think about it. And they had that expectation from the beginning and I didn't address it up front. And therefore, as I was asking all these deeper questions, as I was diving deeper and deeper into what mattered to you, what could get you to take action, but I didn't eliminate that idea of I need to think about it up front. We didn't adjust the expectations. I waited until the end to say, do you want to do this? And you go, I need to think about it. And then suddenly I had this objection to deal with of what do you mean you have to think about it? What, what do you have to think about? You start trying to handle that objection rather than I set the expectations up front that I need to think about it isn't an option. So we established that early on. There's different ways we can go about that. We've got training that, that, that dives deeper if that's something you're interested in. But principally what really happens is the prospect understands, oh, this is not what I expected. This is a different process. And because we don't have that mismatch the whole time, there's certain things we can, we can deal with to go through that. That's, that's just one example. Another thing might be we talk about uh, an idea of price anchoring, which is a very, very powerful technique, which is saying a price either that's much higher or much lower than what your product or service actually is, or what, you know, preparing some type of anchor compared to what that person would actually have to pay or get paid, let's say, if you're trying to buy their house or something. And then that switches their brain and changes the expectations. So if for say, I'm trying to sell you know, sales training, for instance, something I do, and I know it's going to cost you $10,000. And I tell you that, hey, other products we have, you know, they, depending on what you need and how variable variability of, of you know, the, the customization, that might cost thirty dollars to $40,000. I say that I'm not necessarily lying because I'm probably basing it off of other products that I'm selling, which is true. But I've set that number up front. And I do that early on so that that person has a, oh my gosh, this is different. Uh, if that person was expecting $100, $200 or something, and I say it could be 30 or 40, the difference between 30,000 and 10,000 is a lot less jarring than 10,000 and $100. Even though it's a greater difference in their mind, the expectation, it, it's much more manageable. So that's a perfect example of let's do a technique to work on realigning the expectations that the prospect might have going into the conversation to what the reality will actually be when we go through it. I want you to take a second and think about your own sales process. Think about how you are currently setting expectations with your new prospects. If you work for a company that makes you have to go, hey, let me, I'm gonna run through this 30 minute slide deck 
first off, I'm sorry you have to do that. That's a real bummer. But if you do, like, are, is the expectation you're going to, that, hey, I'm going to run through a 30-minute slide deck, and then uh, at the end you get to make a decision. Or are you saying, hey, quick little slide deck, and then we'll talk about it. But you know it's 30 minutes. Find a way to adjust your expectation. Hey, let's just say you have to go through a 30-minute slide deck, which is insane. But let's just say for whatever reason, that's the extreme example. If that is the case, I want to set the expectations. Hey, these presentations, I have a lot of slides. People I've talked to in the past, if they were pressed for time in any way, shape, or form, they might start to zone out and get nervous. And then by the time the slides are over, because I have so many of them, because I want to make sure you're actually informed and we can go deep into the specifics of how this will help you, if it helps you at all. The people who haven't set the right amount of time, let's just say an hour and a half, potentially, not saying it's going to take that long, we might know in 10 minutes, but if they haven't set that aside, for them, even if it could have worked, they felt rushed at the end. And the problem with feeling rushed is that we weren't able to help them out. They weren't paying attention. They zoned out. So I just wanted to set that up and say, hey, do you still have an hour and a half? Because there's a lot of slides to go over because I want to make sure every question is answered now. That's realigning the expectations. If I tell you, I got a few slides to show you just to make sure you understand it, and it ends up being a half hour, that prospect is furious and will never buy from you. But if I set enough expectations to paint an even larger picture, this could take an hour and a half, maybe less, but it could take that long. First off, it might take an hour and a half because if it takes half an hour to go through the slide deck and then they've got half an hour worth of questions, another half hour of talking about follow-up steps or whatever, then I want to make sure they're prepared for that. So that's a, another example there. So think about how in your own sales process, the way you're having conversations with prospects, what are the areas that you can improve on it? Think about that deeply and think about what the opportunities are for you to pick certain things. And I would recommend them to be your biggest challenges because you can't do it for absolutely everything up front. That's you deal with every possible type of objection you could ever encounter in the setting of in the setting of expectations, that that will just take too long. That's that's an insane way to go about a process. You want to pick, ideally, the top one or two things. So, for instance, our biggest thing was hearing. I need to think about it. That's why we prioritize setting the expectations around the idea that you're not allowed to think about it. You can tell me no, and that is totally fine. I'm not going to pressure you for a yes. If this doesn't work, it doesn't work. But because of how our process works, I can't come back here again. So if I hear I need to think about it, I'm going to take that as a no. Establishing that. So think about what's the biggest objection you're getting. Is it price? Is it a certain aspect of your product or service? Whatever it is, find a way to think about how you can set expectations on that. <clears throat> and a powerful way, again, is a slight exaggeration in that feature. So as I said, if it's, if it's going to take you a half hour, make it take an hour and a half. If the price is 10000 talk about the numbers costing 30000 or above. Finding a way to set the expectations in that way will help you as a salesperson. It'll help you align what the prospect is expecting with what you can actually deliver on. Something I also want to talk about and, and, and a, little bit, a little bit more now is not just overcoming and, and preventing those objections through your own expectation setting. Because most objections do arise from that gap between what the prospect thought would happen and 
reality. We can, again, I'm happy to, if someone's interested, you can text close to 33777 and we can go a little bit deeper into that. But I, I, if you're thinking about this, don't just think about the objections. Think about how does this apply to you internally? Let me break this down and get, get a little, I can get a little personal here to talk about some of my own expectations. In a role I've had in the past, I had certain expectations around how quickly I would be having more leads assigned to me. In that instance, those leads came with a set appointment. So I was used to, from a previous role, used to there being set appointments. Hey, please come talk to me about your product and see if I'll see if I want to buy. And I was used to that approach. That was my expectation of how I was able to perform best as a salesperson. At this new role, I was no longer getting the same type of lead flow that I got used to. In the interview, I was promised a new release of set appointments and that that was about to get turned on and that was going to be running away that would be profound and I would have even more appointments than before. There's an aspect of that of being misled by the person who, who hired me, sure. But the real problem was that my expectation was that that was the way I was going to best perform as a salesperson. It needed to be a super warm appointment, that that was the, the way for me to succeed. Rather than thinking, hey, there's plenty of leads. There's a massive database of businesses that could use what I'm selling at this new company. In my new role, I have the ability to contact thousands of local businesses and give them the opportunity to learn about something that could actually change it for the better. But because I thought my selling process was most precisely executed on, around this idea of call me at this time or come to my home or my place of business at this exact time and then we can talk because that's what I was used to. The problem was I had set myself up for failure. So when those leads didn't come in because I was slightly misled, I took it so much harder than I needed to than if I had set the expectations of I am at this role, I'm at this company in this role because I'm a great salesperson and I have a great product and there are a lot of leads. Time to get to work. Instead, I was so focused on, I need more appointments because that's how I sell best that I was never able to actually crush it at that role. I never took off because what I was expecting to be there was never really there. And in hindsight, if I look back, I probably could have crushed it if I had gone in expecting things to be exactly the way they were. Because of that mismatch, I was never able to take off. Knowing what I know now, is mind-boggling compared to the limitations I had placed on myself even just a few years ago. Think yourself about the role you are in right now as a salesperson. Think about what your expectations are. Maybe it's what leadership told you. If you're you know, a, a lowly sales grunt, maybe if you're knocking doors, you're cold calling, whatever. If you, you know, are middle manager, Think about what your, your team told you you would be getting sold that quarter. And then, you know, you weren't, that it wasn't delivered on because of course it was. 
if you're a head entrepreneur, if you run the whole business and you're, and then the market changes, I mentioned interest rates earlier, those interest rates change, people aren't buying, people aren't selling, whatever it is. Think about where there's a vulnerability because of expectations you have set internally about how your business should run. If you can find a way to change your own expectations for whatever the challenge you're encountering in your role right now to make it so there's not a mismatch, this is exactly how you wanted the challenge to be. I don't want interest rates working. This is, this is what I expected. I don't want my salespeople to be completely honest with me. Why would they be? Therefore, I, I get to hold them to a higher, you know, a higher sense of accountability, and therefore, leadership will notice me there. If you're a sales rep, if you're cold calling, and, and they told you the comp plan would change, and it doesn't, and you're still not making more, you've already got everything at your fingertips. You can find a way to make the expectations that are not met exactly what you want them to be right now. You are in the place for success already. You don't have to be focused on that gap. Assume you have everything you need right now. That is the ultimate hack to finding your way towards crushing a sales role. So the key points here, all unhappiness comes from the size of that gap between what someone expects to happen and what's really going on. There's a lot of techniques you can do to make sure with the prospect, the person you're selling to, the person you're having a conversation with, that how you run your process with how much your product or service costs with whatever your main objection is, you can prepare them strategically so that their expectations of the process align with your expectations. And if it's something like price and how long it takes, little tactical tip is to make it seem even longer so that way the expectations aren't as intense. And lastly, the position you are in right now, whatever the challenge in your role is right now, that is a mismatch from what you wanted and how things are, you close that gap. That's a decision you get to make. The expectations are yours to control. If you can close that gap yourself, you are already set up for success. What I want you to do now, I want you to think back to a time when managing your own expectations, if at any time in life, doesn't have to be business or sales, it led to a significant success or just a learning moment whether it's in your sales career or not, think back to that time. Remember that. And also think earlier where I talked about whether your own mismatches and expectations could be based on what your prospect is expecting. Think about that too. Find ways to fill that gap. That is everything you need to crush it and ultimately close more sales. Remember, if you are listening and you feel that you have room to grow, and improve and how to properly set expectations as a salesperson, we might be able to help you make those adjustments. Text CLOSE to 33777 and we'll see if we can help you out along the process. I'm Ian Ross. This has been the Close More Sales Podcast.